Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Hello to everyone. This is uh, Pastor Shirley Tang, and I'm coming to you this evening to um, chime you in with the um, Bible study that's about to go forth. And I'm just so glad that you have joined me this evening, and I pray that your day has been a good day, and I pray that your day has been a relaxing day. And uh, I am Prophet Shirley Kane. I'm the founder of Window Walk to Jesus Ministry, the ministry that helps the, the lost and the hopeless to find their way to Jesus. And I just want to say good evening to each and every one of you. It is a great pleasure to have you with me on tonight. And I want to share an encouraging word with you before we get into the actual word on tonight. And I just want you to know that we have got to, at some point, become grateful and have humility. We have got to stop murmuring and complaining. we got to start counting our blessings. And, and please don't let the enemy rob you of everything that God has for you. Because I want you to know what is for you is for you. And uh, don't focus on negative circumstances. Count your blessings one by one and be grateful for God because he's your loving father and he shall supply all of your needs, not some of your needs. And he, and not that he may supply, but that he's not going to uh, leave you without anything that you desire, anything that you need. And I want you to know that he will supply your needs. And I know we have so much that we have need of, but sometimes we just got to let God be God. And I just want to say look to God and not to your own strength or understanding and watch the miracles that take place in your life. And I just want to have a word of prayer. I'm sorry I don't have any music to... Uh, to bring us into this message that I'm going to bring forth tonight. And I know sometimes music helps to set the atmosphere. And uh, I'm so sorry about that, but I'm trying to figure out a way where I can incorporate some music in uh, the, the word. But, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come humbly before you this day to bring forth your word. Father, decrease me and increase you that you may penetrate someone's spirit, that they will yield to your word and that your word will set the atmosphere which ears will hear and minds will share. 
and test the vision of the plans you have for us. Lord, I counsel in the assignment of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that your word will go forth and uh, bless our souls in the areas that we are weak, that we may also be delivered and set free from anything that may have attached itself to us, and that we will be uh, free to enjoy everything that you have given to us on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I thank you so much for your patience, and I'm glad those of you that have joined in, I'm so glad that you have found your way, and I pray that I be able to bless you in any way that's needed to be uh, blessed because how many of you know that blessing is always a pleasure in our lives? But our text is going to come from First John, the second chapter, the 15th through the 17th verse, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. I thank the Lord for the reading of that word and what we're going to talk about from that text. We're going to talk about what are you willing to let keep you out of heaven? What are you willing to let keep you out of heaven? You know, there's those of us who can only think of Jesus Christ as a babe in Bethlehem. And sometimes we are robbing ourselves of the blessings that await us in Christ. Because the entrance of God's Son into the world was a matter of planning and prophecy. It wasn't a matter of mere chance. Because God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who uh, were under the law. And that is the love God has for us no matter what. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter what we are doing now, that is the love that God has for us. Because Matthew records the birth of Christ in the first chapter of his gospel, and it informs us that all this was done and that it might be fulfilled. And God gave Isaiah the prophecy. If you look in chapter 7 of Isaiah in the 14th verse, it said, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And as we have already mentioned, the birth of Christ is not the end of the story. That baby in Bethlehem grew up, and when he became a man, wicked and ungodly people put him to death. But he didn't stay in his borrowed tomb. And that's what we're coming up on Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Because God raised him up and then he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. But that is still not the end of the story because he is coming back. He's coming back for the bride. He's coming back for his children, children. He's coming back for us that are living and 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 uh, doing everything that we need to do to be able to assemble up into heaven with him. See, God wants to raise us up to do the finished work of Jesus. But see, we got to be in position. We got to give up sin. We got to deny ourselves. We got to be willing to be persecuted. We got to be willing to be rejected without offense. Because it's not about us. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. And we got to let the dying world know that Jesus is coming back and that they must take up the cross and follow Christ. It is not in vain to know Jesus. It is not in vain to have that relationship with Christ. It is time for us to stop preaching good, feel good messages. It's time for us to not tell the world it's all about being millionaires and having fine cars and immaculate houses and continue to live in sin. Because the Bible says sin is um, disobedience is the like witchcraft to God. And I know I'm not going to get many amen on this, but it is all right because, see, i got to be obedient. And, yes, I want to encourage people. I want to encourage people not to lose hope. I want to encourage people to know that God loves them. But they also need to know what is the most pleasing thing to God. I stand in amazement when I consider the love and the long-suffering and the mercy from God who has done so much for us in order for us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We are the salt of the earth. We serve an awesome God. His eternal desire is for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, God don't want a single soul to be lost. Second Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And yet God will not force anyone, anyone to obey his will. We have free will that God has given us but yet we take it all for granted. And some even rejecting God's divine power after all he's done and after all he's already done. And sometimes people forget that uh, we're not worthy of his mercy and grace and everlasting life. And I believe most people believe in the existence of God and I believe that our home he has prepared for those who love him that keep his commandments. Because God tells you in his word in John 14, 2, 2 through 4, he said, my father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I tell you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may, that you also may be where I am. 
then the word say, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Do we even consider that home is in heaven? This earth is not our home. We're just passing through. And what I am asking is this. What are you willing to let keep you out of heaven and a home with God? As I observe the way of our world today, people do not have a fear of God. They are trying to push God out of the equation. They are even denounced that he even exists anymore. But I want you to know this. In the final day of judgment, when God comes and, and our judgment comes upon us, and Jesus returned for his bride. Men are not going to get to go with him. They will be turned away from heaven's door. Many will say when they go before the Lord, have we prophesied in your name? Have we cast out demons in your name? Have we done many wonders in your name? And then he will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's what it says in Matthew 7, the 22nd through the 23rd verse. Jesus said that time, that time will be weeping and gashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. You will be left out. It is truly sad to see one fall away who has tasted the heavenly gift, who have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, that have tasted the good word of God and the powers of his truth. It is sad because they once escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but they have fallen from grace. And now they're walking around with unrepentant hearts, they're crucifying his name. They're polluting the mind of others who don't know because they have lost their relationship with God, and they want to pull everyone in that they can to be accompanied uh, to their sins, and they're falling away. But God has spoken to his prophets, and this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying is saying, I am about to do a shaking of the land that no one has ever experienced. There will be a judgment that will be poured upon a nation that has denied my presence, that has denied my interest, that has denied my power. But yes, I will shake this nation to the very core. Let us notice three things that will keep people out of heaven. Because God said, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And the three things to look for that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that was in our beginning opening scripture before I got into the message. Those are not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. The world draws the heart away from God. And the more we love the world, the more we become hard-hearted towards God. Because the things of the world are classed according to 
the three major tendencies of falling men. The first is the lust of the flesh. Lust is used in a negative sense in New Testament passages like these, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh, the flesh to fulfill his lust. And you will find that in Romans 13 and 14. And then it says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Second Peter 2, 18 through 19 says, for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they are lost through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness or indecent. The ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error, while, the promise, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by a, whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. And that explains to you that we have to, we have to put our flesh under subjection. And I know sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to do because the flesh is a part of us. But if we stay in the word of God and in the relationship with God, we will not be tempted by the, the dwelling of our flesh. The lust of the flesh, it is an evil desire for the things of the flesh. And, and most of the time it calls us to go into sinful things that is against God such as uh, uh, adultery, such as fornication, even homosexuality. Adultery and fornication are both works of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 talks about and describes in detail about adultery and fornication. And I know this is really leaving a bad taste in many mouths, but we have to identify and we have to confront sin. We have to live sin-free lives and stay in the will of God. If you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you cannot practice those things he speaks about in Galatians 5, 19-21. I make no apologies about speaking what the word of God is saying, the true doctrine that will help us to be understanding and mature in the Lord pleasing him in every way we can. And someone may say, well, Prophet Shirley, you ain't always been perfect. You ain't always been sin-free. No, I have not. But I have chose to live for Jesus Christ. I have chose to be delivered from all of those things that, was, uh, that I know that was not pleasing to God. And I'm not saying I live a perfect life, but I live to, to the best of my ability. I know how to repent if I do fall down or if I do fall weak, because sometimes we will fall weak. And, and God knew this. That's why he sent his son so that we can be given an opportunity to repent if we fall. And uh, we have to be mindful of how we live for God. We have to be remindful. The next thing is the lust of the eye. 
Now, the lust of the eyes speak of eyes that are delighted with riches and rich possessions. And, and this is the lust of covetousness. What is covetousness? To desire enormously, to desire that which is unlawful to obtain or possess in a bad sense. See, uh, the Ten Commandments included a warning against covetousness. Exodus 20:17. You should not covet your neighbor's house. You should not covet your neighbor's wife, his male servant, his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. And I have heard many say that um, the Old Testament don't apply, that uh, we are New Testament covenant believers now. No part of God's word is boring, and the law of the land has not changed. And it's still effective in the New Testament time. We must stop trying uh, uh, to find a way to make excuses for our sinful lifestyle because the wages of sin is still there, whether it's physical or spiritually, because many are not willing to give up sin. They rather not make heaven their home. And we got to mature to know the truth and know that the truth will set us free. Because Revelation 19 and 20, it talks about the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worship his image. These two were cast alive into the fire burning with brimstone. Proverbs 28 and 16 says, A ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor, but who hates covetousness will prolong his days. We need to be aware that our life does not consist of the abundance of how much material possession or riches we have. When we talk about the parable of the rich fool in Luke 12, 16 through 21, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase the story. It talks about the rich man who had ran out of uh, room to store his crops and his goods. So instead of sharing and blessing others, he decided to be a bigger born to store his goods. After building his bigger born, then the rich man says, I can now take it easy. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. But God reminded him, you can die tonight. Who will enjoy your borns of goods then? And then in verse 21, so is he who lies of treasure for himself and not rich towards God. This is how dangerous a covenant attitude can be. It's a selfish attitude where it's all about me, me, me. The last and final is the pride of life. The pride of life is a vain craving for honor and applause of a stubborn-minded set that will not allow one to repent of or confess, uh, confess their sin. Now, when we look at Saul, he was a perfect example who allowed pride to destroy him. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance with hating Jesus. God says evil ways and the, per the perverse mouth I hate. 
and oftentimes pride keeps Christians from truly repenting of their sin, especially when their sin is in public nature. Sometimes Christians refuse to repent of their sins because they are not aware of them or they do not think they are guilty or they have no knowledge of it because they haven't been in the word of God. They only describe God as being who he is in, in, in their pleasurable thoughts or their uh, pleasurable possessions that they uh, uh, are, that they uh, possess. Uh, their personal gain from God blessing them. And many Christians, that's all they are taught. That's all they are learning. That's all they know about God, that he's a giving God. But you have to give something back. You have to preserve your soul for God. But let's be honest about the matter, because most of the time our unrepentant heart does not come from ignorance, but from foolish pride. Many know they are guilty, but they won't fess up. They cannot stand before the ones whom they stand against and say, I have sinned. But the book of Proverbs 11 and 2 is speaking greatly about selfish pride and the destruction that it brings. Proverbs 16 and 18, it tells us that pride go before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. See, Proverbs is not all about uplifting us and encouraging us. It also tells us about our think attitude and our ungodliness. First John two sixteen through seven says, Those who fill their lives with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life need to be advised and warned for the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. See, God give us an opportunity to get it straight. If we are falling, if we are going into the wrong direction, God will give us his word to get us turned into the right direction so that we can be in the right position, so that we can stay closer and close to him and do what's pleasing to him. Because after it's all said and done, the glory goes to God. And he's pleased with us when we walk in the way that he says, when we try to live as he says. Sometimes we tend to forget that ministry also has its stages of development. We forget that our spiritual walk has stages of development. So don't permit the spirit of abortion to have the victory in your life or your ministry because every one of us is unique. We cannot afford to be a carbon copy of anyone else. Be confident in whom you are in the Lord. Far too often we feel as though because our ministry or our spiritual walk it's progressing slowly and not even showing any signs of progress. And we should never, ever base it on that and give up. Remember, it's a process. And it's a process that we must go through. We go through 
each stage of our process because tomorrow's success will stand tall on today's perseverance. So my question to you, what are you willing to give up for heaven? I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to know that God got you, and he will see you through. All you have to do is trust in him. You lean on him. You call out his name any time that you have a situation that you uh, just don't know what to do. Just ask God to give you the revelation. He will send you to the word of God that will help to strengthen you because I want you to understand the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when the whole world is against you, God is there for you. And I just want you to be encouraged tonight. And I know that you, um, not perfect, neither am I, but God will perfect you to be that what he has called you and purposed you to be. Amen. I thank you for your time, and I'm going to close in prayer. Lord, I thank you that your word went forth and revealed our hearts to ourselves. And, Lord, before I go on in this prayer, I ask if there is anyone that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, that they will repent right now. I'm asking you to forgive them, Lord, and that they will accept you into their lives, that you will create in them a renewed heart, soul, and mind. I want to thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us a new revelation of your word that penetrated our heart to the point that we will rise each day to make it a conscious effort to be able to serve you, to make it a conscious effort to make our time here on this earth a fruitful and fulfilling day. Father, I ask that you give us guidance, discernment, revelation of how to live by your instructions are the assignments that you give us. Lord, you are our God, and we are the people of your pastor and the sheep of your hand. Lord, you are our source, and in you do we place our trust. Thank you for the angels that sent, that sent to rescue us when we are in trouble or going through a struggle. Lord, as a prophet of God, I call the angels of rescue in the lives of every person that's listening at this moment and that will listen later. Lord, I ask under the sound of my voice that every person need be met. I declare and decree that every need, every desire, every unanswered prayer, whether it be finances, health, relationships, children, ministry, businesses, jobs, are answered by the authority and the power of your Holy Spirit. All this I ask you in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. I thank God for each and every one of you that have listened in. And I, I thank you for uh, letting, allowing me to disperse the word of God. And I, I pray that you have been blessed from this word. And uh, if you can, uh Tune in next Tuesday. Uh, I hope that uh, I will be able to share more with you concerning the word of God. I truly, truly enjoyed myself, and I feel so blessed and honored that God has given me his word 
to share with each of you. And may God bless you. And I pray that the rest of your week be blessed, prosperous, peaceful, and loving. Until we meet again, I am Prophet Shirley Kane with When the Walk of Jesus Ministry. And our goal is to help the lost and the hopeless to find their way to Jesus. And I thank you so very much for your time. And if there is no one in the chat room, that's, uh, no one is in the chat room. So I'm going to end this segment of this word, and hopefully that if you want to call back in and listen in, you are more than welcome. And I just thank you so much, and may God bless you. And may I just tell you that God loves you, good night to you, and have a good night. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.